Hi, friends. Welcome to the Hi Friend Podcast. My name is Sarah, and this is a podcast I started with my best friend, Kaylee, to share our perspectives of navigating the mysterious, exciting, and sometimes daunting journey of being single women in our 30s, living into our dreams, figuring things out as we go, and celebrating the beauty through it all. As life enters a new season for both of us, we hope this will be a space where you get to experience freedom to live the life you were created for and deep joy to delight in the journey along the way. By inviting you to listen in on our conversations, through sharing my stories, and by adding new friends to the mix as well. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to create and live out our most beautiful lives together. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Hi Friend Podcast. A day late this week, but I'm here, and I am going to be intentional about keeping this one on track because I have friends waiting to start grilling dinner that... Um, some of my neighbors and I was like, no, I need to get this done before I can do that and enjoy dinner with friends. So I am suffering through the freaking really hot heat in our house, in my room, because I wanted to close all the doors and windows. So it wasn't loud. Um, and I'm sticking with it. So I'm happy about that decision. And I'm also really, really excited about this topic because I feel like it's one of the things that the tools and like concepts that has really affected my life for the better the most in the last 12 months or so. And I've gathered that this knowledge and tools from like different resources. And so obviously I'll share some of those, but I kind of wanted to um, distill down like the things that I've learned, the things that have been most helpful for me, and then the specific stories or ways that it has shown up in my life or impacted me. And I just think that this work, um, and I'll explain what I mean by work too, because I think sometimes that can be a confusing topic or confusing way to phrase it to people when you talk about like healing is really hard work or like you have to put in the work. Um, yeah, so I'll explain what I think I, that means, but, um, this type of work is so valuable and so is such a key to unlocking, like total shifts in your feelings and in your enjoyment and your happiness levels in life. And so if I can impart any of that to you guys, then I will be so happy. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. So the main thing that I wanted to, the, like the main umbrella um, idea for this is the concept that our thoughts are what create our feelings. And I think the simplicity of that can be deceiving because, yes, on the one hand, I think this topic is, or that concept is truly that easy and that simple. But then obviously it's not that simple because most of us haven't grasped how to do this in our own lives and in our um, our daily thought practices and the way that we think about things. And so as I've really been kind of digging into this work and learning a lot about this, I've had two thoughts about it. The one is I noticed that myself, that I feel kind of resistant to it at times or doubtful, or I'm just like, ew, I don't like that concept because what it does is it puts, it puts my happiness and my experience completely in my hands. And so if that statement is true, that our thoughts create our feelings, then that means that nobody else or no circumstance or no situation has the power to affect how I feel. It is only the way that I interpret things. It is only my thoughts and the way that I process it and the things that I choose to latch onto that ultimately affect my feelings and how I want the outcome to be. 
Of course, the flip side of that is the amazing news that my happiness is completely in my hands. It is not up to anybody else. It is not up to friends or a future partner or family to be the ones that make me happy. Um, I get to make that choice completely on my own. And so I think, so back to the concept of like why, what the word work means and why this is work. Because it is not just something that you can simply say, oh, okay, I realized that I have, um, I've been operating out of this thought system. I'm having this thought that's creating this feeling. Um, now, as soon as I'm aware of it, or I think a new thought, it's completely changed. No, it takes some time. It takes time to re literally rewire and reprogram our brains around a new thought and, um, the way that we interpret something. And so, um, yeah, there's lots of practices that one can do in order to kind of hone that skill, but I don't, like the word work because so many so many of us have a negative connotation with that but when you think about like the ways in which you can choose to work on things in life um i don't really think that there's anything more noble or uh, maybe not noble but more valuable than doing this kind of work so yes it's hard but the benefit of removing ourselves from a life of suffering or pain or just any unnecessary negativity or just unnecessary suffering, um, is so, so worth it. Um, so yeah, I think another way to, um, to explain it is just the concept of perspective. And so it's just choosing to have a different set of thoughts around a neutral circumstance. So there's nothing, everything that happens to us in life is, technically neutral because we're the ones that assign meaning to it. And we can assign meaning to things for a whole myriad of reasons. Um, our backgrounds, the the way that our parents raised us, our culture, our faith, like whatever it might be, all these systems that have been placed in us, those are what cause us or our own preferences or whatnot um, to label something as like good or bad or um, scary or like things that elicit different feelings. But that is just our truth. That is not for everybody else. And so, um, just a like a silly example of that is, let's say someone is self conscious about their nose because they think that they have a really big nose, and therefore they're operating out of the thought that I have a big nose, which most people think is ugly. And so everyone's going to think I'm ugly. Therefore, I think I'm ugly. Well. That's not true because not everyone thinks that big noses are ugly. There's some people who absolutely could find that attractive. And so just knowing that there's at least one other perspective that could be true, that alone like breaks down the argument of the person who thinks that they're ugly because of their nose. It's just the, the way that they choose to focus on that and make that about themselves and a negative experience. So I, yeah, I just have noticed this shifting so many things in my life. And before I even kind of got into exploring like people who are teaching about this and like the podcast I've been listening to or books I've been reading or whatnot, um, there was a specific thing that happened in my life that I just thought was so fascinating. Um, I, we kind of alluded to it, Kaylee and I on a, like our intro, I think to this season, um, a while back, but I wanted to share the story of how I overcame my fear of cockroaches almost immediately. Like literally it was kind of night and day. And I don't think that that's always the case. And in other areas it's proving to not be like, there's some things I think we can really switch, flip a switch on. And then others that we have to build that muscle over time and create those new thought 
grooves and thought patterns in our mind. But I just want to share the story about cockroaches. So I, I'm, I actually don't mind bugs that much. Like, so bugs don't bother me. Um, snakes do. And then cockroaches have just always really, really, really grossed me out. We get them a lot here on the Island where I live because of all the moisture in the air. And so, and we have like an old house that has lots of openings. (laughs) Um, so they just get right in there all the time. And so it's not uncommon for us to like turn on the light in the living room and have there be a really big cockroach sitting on the floor. And most, most people I know, um, I will sort of generalize, say definitely most females that I know also abhor these creatures. Like I, yeah, there's some, I just think there's something about them. It's a way that they skitter. Like most people associate them with being dirty or gross. Their little antennas like freak people out. Um, and yeah, I just, I just really dislike them. We would like scream, we would spray them with poison, um, be very, very overdramatic about it in my opinion for myself. So there, and I've, yeah, definitely had quite a few run-ins with cockroaches where it has not been pleasant. Um, though I will say that I never also like to kill them, um, specifically by squishing, because I think that that is way worse than like a live cockroach. Ew, I can't even, yeah, that's so gross. Now I don't kill them for humanitarian purposes, but, um, so here's what happened. So I was in bed one night and there was, I have like my twinkle lights on. And so it was pretty dim lighting in my room. And I thought I saw something move out of the corner of my eye, like in my bed. And I just had the immediate thought. I was like, oh my gosh, what if there was a cockroach in my bed with me? Horrific. Yes. But I, for some reason had this like switch in my brain and I, I really don't know where this came from, but I envisioned the cockroach coming out from underneath the covers like slowly and like peeking its little antennas out and not being creepy or darty or, or like running all over the place and I just imagined it like a cartoon character like something from Cinderella or what is it Pinocchio that has like the little grasshopper I don't know I just pictured a bug that was like really cute and inquisitive and like wanted to be my buddy and so I had a moment where I was like okay let's just get really logical about cockroaches for a second because I started to question like are they really that bad or like what is so like why am I so afraid of them or like why am I so grossed out by them and I I went through like a little checklist of I was like can they hurt me no I don't think so um are they dirty or dangerous like could they spread diseases I mean maybe but that's like if they've been rooting around in trash which I don't really know I don't know I think that they just kind of skitter around the ground I'm sorry if this is triggering for some people, but stick with me um, because those words would have probably bothered me too. So I apologize, but I am hopeful for for all of us to be able to change our minds about things that are causing us um, any discomfort or inconveniences. And so, yeah, I just kind of went through this checklist and I was like, okay, am I just reacting to... Am I reacting the way that I feel like I'm supposed to when I, when I see one? Or am I actually legitimately scared when I see one? And I realized that I think I had been, personally, I had been kind of playing into like the the story that people, especially females, are supposed to be scared of cockroaches. You're supposed to freak out. You're supposed to make a huge deal about it. Make jokes about burning the whole house down and moving out immediately. And I just like, I don't know. I, ha- I just cho- I made an intentional choice to break that thought and just be like, they're honestly not that big of a deal. Like truly they're not that big of a deal. And so in this instance, I was very lucky because I like 
from that moment on, I just, I don't mind about them. I even, I posted this on my stories one time, but I turned on a light in the kitchen and like maybe three or four inches from the light switch was a cockroach that was probably three inches long and I didn't even flinch. Like it didn't bother me. I just scooped them up and well, not with my hands. I use like a Tupperware and a piece of paper cardboard and I just go walk far from my house and like put them outside and I (laughs) tell them, you know, it was nice to meet you. Thanks for coming to our house, but we I would appreciate if you didn't come back and tell your friends not to come back, especially because my roommates really don't like you guys. And so, um, yeah, that's just my weird thing. I've become like very um, connected with <laughs> the animal kingdom and I am not fully vegan, but I like that was part of it. But I also just I just have the thought of like anytime that there's an animal, I'm like, well, they're here for a reason. Like they were created on purpose. And so how can I choose to like see the good in them or appreciate this, the purpose that they serve and I've never been one to like kill animals especially recklessly like maybe a spider here and there definitely some flies but um, for the most part I am yeah I'm such a catch and release person and I will gladly come over if you live in a close radius and help catch and release things for you if you don't want to deal with it all right so that is kind of like a funny story and one that is clearly wasn't like causing a lot of disruption in my life and that's not something that was causing like a feeling per se but I just think it was a really it was helpful for me to even see that in my own life because I was like okay that right there just shows that you I can change things in myself and things that have been embedded in me and just choose to have a different perspective about it and like to see that shift in myself has been really cool like people don't believe me or they think I'm really weird (laughs) one time my mom I somehow cockroaches came up and she was like, oh yeah, aren't you like friends with them now? <laughs> I love that. It always makes me laugh. And I was like, actually, yeah, kind of. I refer to them as little buddies and I weirdly like am okay with them. So another story that I think might be like a little more relatable or one that would affect people on or to myself, like this is something that I think I struggle with um, in a more like not regular basis, but just something that causes like a, a negative feeling in myself. So for me, that's like anger or frustration. Um, and that is around. So, okay. The general topic of like things with roommates and people not doing things that you'd hope that they would do. I think that can be true for friends, for partners, spouses, etc., cetera. Um, and something that I've struggled with and I know other friends have struggled with too. Um, and so, there was a specific thing that happened recently that I was able to like kind of work through this process um, with myself and, and like really change my thoughts on it a little bit. So we have um, these like big water jugs that we go to get filled from either like Whole Foods or there's this water place nearby um, because I definitely prefer that over the tap water. I don't totally know how drinkable our tap water is here and I don't like the taste and it's fairly inexpensive to get these refilled. Um, it's just kind of a pain. And so we try to switch off, excuse me, we try to switch off as roommates because yeah. And if one person's getting them every time, like it just makes it so much easier if people, everyone pitches in and does it. So I was house sitting recently, I was gone, but I was coming back to the house and I noticed that they were empty. And so I didn't say anything for a couple of days because like, uh, you know, they'll probably see it and it will, it will bother them and they'll get it fixed. And then I noticed a couple of days were going by, no one had gotten them. So I sent a text and was just like, 
um, hey guys, is anyone able to get the water jugs filled this weekend? Um, I won't be able to do it until like Wednesday or Thursday of next week. So if someone could do it, that's great. No one responded. I got kind of irritated by that because I'm like, I don't understand how people just don't respond to text messages. Um, and then later someone was like, yeah, we'll take care of those things. So I was like, great, thank you. Um, so I came back on Tuesday. So like four days after I had sent that text, water bottles, water jugs weren't filled. <laughs> so initial response is definitely like annoyance, which um, I feel, okay, so I'll define what a feeling is exactly, but um, each feeling has like, it is technically just a f- sensation that's happening in our bodies. And so you can kind of describe like what's going on in your body physically based off of what the different emotion is. So with like anger um, or frustration, there's kind of that like chest tightening. There's like a, the, like the hot face, like the kind of um, just like tense body. And so just notice myself like feeling some of those feelings. And so I stopped and was like, okay, what are the thoughts that are causing this? And so the thoughts that I was having are like people – like they're not being respectful, um, almost like feeling like it was an attack, like an attack against me personally, like that it, it felt like rude that people, you know, would read this text and say they're going to do this. And then they like blatantly didn't blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could list a few other things, but just kind of just make, I mean, it's basically like making it about myself. So, okay, this inconvenience is me, blah, blah, blah. Why can't they just like help out or pitch in or I do X, Y, and Z. And, um, and then I quickly like kind of just reformulated some thoughts around it and was able to be like, okay, number one, if they really did care about it, they would have gotten the water. So clearly it's not like, that's just not a priority to them. Like it is to me, it is a priority to me to have that kind of water. And if I was here, I would have made time for it. I just couldn't. And and then we'd, we'd been texting about stuff and actually everyone like apologized about it. But by that point I was like, I don't even need, like, that's totally fine. It's nice of people to apologize, but I didn't need that in order to have a different feeling about it. Like I was able to shift my perspective about it and think new thoughts in order for it to not be a big deal. And so I just was able to like really logically be like, okay, if you're the one that this is important to, um, then why don't you just make that a priority to get it yourself? You can be the one to pay for it. It's not that expensive. And that's it. Like, you don't, it doesn't need to be this big emotional thing. It definitely was, is, has nothing to do with me. They had busy weekends and no one is like out there to try to get me or like doing something against me. And so I think, yeah, I mean, of course, like it's easier said than done, but that, and that process does take a little bit of time. Like the, the idea is you practice this until it becomes ingrained in you and then you start to just react from that um, that new habit of the thoughts that you're able to form. And so it's, it's again, it's not always going to be really easy. It's not going to happen overnight. But um, as you like learn to catch those thoughts and feelings in yourself, then um, you can start to like walk through the process of how to reframe them and get to a different place. And so to zoom out a little bit, um, as to like, why would, why would we want to do this anyways? Like, why would we want this practice in our lives in the first place? Um, why is it important? Um, why is it worth like going through this work? Uh, and so I, I think ultimately like the biggest answer is just that it's that back to like the really exciting belief or realization that our happiness and our feelings are in our control. So, I would like to live in a world where I believe that everything is happening for me and not to me. 
I do not want to be a victim of my circumstances. I do not want to always be dependent on other people to fulfill these um, emotional needs in myself and to know that I have the ability to create the life and the experience that I want for myself. And so if I can pinpoint the areas in my life where I'm experiencing pain or misery or suffering or anger or whatnot, and then find ways to reverse those, like that is such a powerful tool in my opinion. Like that is, to me, that feels like so empowering and just the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be someone who is unshakable in the way that I experience life and that I can go through it with this like peaceful, whole, happy core of who I am. And um, there's this one metaphor, I think it was from Power of Now, <laughs> maybe, maybe New Earth. And it was about picturing like our souls as a deep, deep, really peaceful lake and the you know when you can picture a lake and a bit or a big body of water uh, when you go down deep it's like it's quiet there's um it's just stillness like there's stillness all around you it's a big mass of water that you're surrounded by so you're like held and and um like there's a pressure around it almost kind of like a, just a, a grounding sense but you're floating water so but there's just like this core of peace to that but at the surface of that body of water lake or ocean you know there's waves that are happening there's like if a storm rolls by if sometimes it's like a little wave here and there maybe it's a bigger thing um so that's that's going to happen in life there's going to be things that are going to roll by there's going to be things that are going to be uncomfortable or whatnot but like reminding ourselves that we can go down, like bob down to that place of peace and um, just like anchoring. And so I try to think about that image a lot and it's really helpful for me. Um, so yeah, so I think like the baseline of this and what I love about this so much is that it's not about labeling things as right or wrong. Like it's not about these moral judgments or things that it's like, oh, well, no one should experience this feeling or this thought or whatnot. Um, because that's going to be different for every person. And everyone has a different set of things that they think are right or wrong. Like take politics, for instance, like people are so like, I don't know, they want to hold so tightly to their beliefs and think that they're right beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that the person on the other quote unquote side is completely wrong. And, um, And the other person thinks the exact same thing. So there's no, like, who's to say what's right or wrong in those situations? Because both people believe that is their own truth. So the way instead of like, instead of trying to be like, like, for instance, um, if a friend, like you have a friend and you're the one that's like constantly putting in the effort and you're the one that's calling them or texting them, like you might think that in the social norm of life, like, oh, well, that's rude that they're not doing that. Like they're, because you think that there's this social construct that to be friends with someone, um, that both have to like equally give or whatnot, but that's not necessarily true. Like that is just one thought about it. And your reaction to that or your feeling to whatever your thought choice is, is going to, is going to influence how you act and the action that you take and the feelings that you feel from that. So you can either choose to say like, I'm mad. I, this person owes me X, Y, or Z, and I feel unloved by that, blah, blah, blah. Or you can choose to say like, I want to just enjoy the, or like choose to focus on the parts of this friendship that I really enjoy. And if I like being around them, then what, what does it matter if I'm the one reaching out? Like, that's okay. That's, that's what I want to do. 
you can also have the choice that that doesn't feel fun to you to be the only one that reaches out. And that might not be the type of friendship that you want to have, but you can come to that decision from a more neutral place rather than one that's like a heated, angry, I'm right about this, this person's in the wrong, et cetera. And so the the biggest like rubric or the thing that I I think is the most important question to ask and what I always constantly go back to too is when I'm trying to determine um, whether a thought I want to continue having a certain thought about something is focusing on the rubric of is this thought serving me? And so if there is something that you are like, man, if it, if you're really angry about something and that is causing you or you can't stop ruminating about something, but that's inciting you or it's pushing you to a place where you're like really motivated to make a change about it or you're, um, it's producing good action in your life, then by all means, continue with that if that's what's working for you. I mean, obviously, as long as you're not like hurting other people, but, um, or violating other people's boundaries that they've maybe put in place. But I think like when we take a step back and we're like, even things that feel really good, like if there's a thought that feels really fun to think or like a daydreamy feeling that we like can't stop thinking about or focusing on, um, but it's causing us to be like stuck in a certain place or on a certain person or whatever it might be, then that's not really serve, that's not helping our lives or causing us to like grow or move forward in a certain way. So I think like anytime you're able to recognize if a, if a thought is, hindering you in any way or causing like tension or anger or pain in your mind or body, then it might be time to choose a new thought for that. And so like just to give some examples and then I'll end with, I'll give some examples of areas in my life that I'm like actively working on these things and then end with like some simple steps of walking through how to change that thought in yourself and then the resources that have been the most helpful for me. Um, so the areas for me that I'm like working on choosing new thoughts in are, I'd say in romantic relationships and this is twofold. Um, obviously I've talked about it here on the podcast, but like a really big area for me that I've done a lot of work on in this is around the concept of singleness and my thoughts and feelings about it. And so I would say before I had more negative feelings about it. Um, some that were even just subconscious, like not realizing I was living out of a story where I felt that single was less than being married. And so when I caused myself to like take a step back and ask a lot of questions about that, like, well, why, why do I, why would it be less than, or what are the ways that being single might be better than being in a relationship? Or what are the things that I can um, accomplish in this stage of my life that I wouldn't otherwise? Um, And then just really choosing to reframe so many of my negative thoughts around it into something positive to the, to the point where like I, see being single as such a positive thing now. I I see marriage as a positive thing too, but not as one that's like a better place than where I'm at now. So I feel a lot less tension or like anxiety or stress to get to that stage in my life and a lot more peace and acceptance in right where I'm at now. So there's a singleness side. And then um, it's been helpful for me with around the concept of like attachment and attachment to a certain person um, and trying to figure out like what are the like, how are those thoughts serving me? Like the thought of like staying stuck on someone, like what is that actually doing for me? And what does that mean? Like, what am I making, um, the lack of that person in my life mean about me? And then how can I like reframe that into something that's way more neutral and it's not that big of a deal. 
Um, another area would be friendships. And so like choosing to focus on the part of the friendship that I enjoy and not on things that I feel like I'm owed. And so, yeah, I, I'd say that's like a, a struggle of mine. I think it's hard and I've noticed this in other people too, of like, we think about the things that like, or if we're not receiving enough from something like it's this give and take, um, when I, I don't think we have to look at it that way. There was a very, very good episode. Um, I'm jumping ahead to the resources, but I already mentioned her podcast last week, but Cara Lowenthal's um, podcast, Unfuck Your Brain. Um, so incredible, so good. But she has a, an episode on friendship that I listened to twice because I was just like, whoa, I need to, it just like blew my mind and I wanted to grasp the concept of it so bad. And I, I'm still not there, but I've been like thinking through that perspective of, of friendship um so much in the way that I I think about certain like situations with my friends and so um that's been really helpful another area is politics or anything that's like a highly charged topic or issue and I think just recognizing that my anger or emotionality around a topic or a position isn't helping me to accomplish anything so it's not it's not motivating me to make more change in the world. It just gets me fired up. And if anything, it just like bogs me down because then I, I feel overwhelmed by my feelings. I feel frustrated that I can't communicate things clearly enough. I feel hopeless that things aren't being changed in that area rather than just choosing to like focus, keep my head down and stay in my lane of the things that I'm already feel like I'm being called to do and realizing that with like a more neutral level-headed approach to something, I can make such a bigger difference than if I'm like yelling at people, (laughs) not that I was yelling at people, but you know, in that, in the general world, as far as how people approach like really touchy topics is these really heated conversations that don't do anything. They don't change anyone's mind on either side. So I think that's been really helpful for me. Um, and then the other area would be around fears. So I already explained the cockroach situation, but two other fears of mine are snakes and then throw up. So like either myself throwing up, um, which hasn't been an issue in a really long time, or someone else throwing up. And um, <laughs> kind of random fears, but well, not snakes, but um, yeah. So like self-talking myself through those and counseling myself through them um, is something that yeah, I wouldn't say that those like hinder my life on a daily basis, but I like the thought of like not having fear around those and, um, being able to release that. Um, and okay. So those are the things that I'm working on in those areas. Um, oh my goodness. I, it is so hot in here. I, I try not to talk about weather because I feel like it's what boring people talk about (laughs) and no one cares because you guys aren't in this room, but I just, I, just need to verbally process the fact that I have sweat running down my entire body and I can't wait to open the doors to my room when I'm done with this. So I apologize if I'm talking fast. Okay. So to wrap up, um, basically like tips for how you can start to practice this in your own life. And I would say it just starts by next time you're having a feeling, particularly one that feels unpleasant, reminder just okay for starters just let yourself sit with it for a little bit so be aware of what's happening identify it and then remind yourself that a feeling is just a sensation in your body so it's not going to hurt you you don't have to feel any shame around it resisting it or resenting it is just going to make it worse so if you're like you're just layering it on yourself so if you're 
frustrated that you're mad about something and you wish that you weren't like it's just going to spiral. So like being like, oh, I, interesting. I feel my chest really tightening right now. Like I'm really, <laughs> I'm really mad about this. Like, okay. So be like, that's all that is, is it's just something in my body reacting because that's the way that we've evolved to try to our lizard brain, our egos, like are trying to protect us from whatever things, but a lot, we don't need that type of protection anymore unless it's a truly physiological response. Like we need to run from a bear or get a shot of adrenaline for something, but 99% of the time we don't need that physical response. So it's just there because we have a thought about something that's creating a feeling. So just to like neutralize the fact that a feeling is just a sensation in your body, then try to pinpoint the thought that's causing that feeling. So, um, in the, like the water jug situation, the thought that was causing me to be angry was they don't care about my feelings. They, they're doing this against me. Like this is, (laughs) this means something about me. Um, and then from there, um, you can just, I can decide the thought that I would want to be in its place instead. And so Cara talks more about this in some of her episodes, but, um, sometimes it's really hard to go from one end of the spectrum to the opposite end of the spectrum. So for example, let's say, you know, there's someone that's really struggling with, um, their weight and that's a really hard thing for them. And they're like, I, um, I feel really ugly because I think that the only pretty people are skinny and thin and whatever the media has portrayed. It might be really hard to jump immediately to the thought that I'm really beautiful and gorgeous and perfect just the way that I am. They might have, so the, the, the concept is to go up the ladder of thoughts. And so what is just the next, like more neutral or more positive thought up from where you're currently at? So it might just be like, well, maybe not all people think that someone that's heavier are unattractive. Like maybe there's someone in the world who thinks that someone who's bigger is attractive. Um, and that just might be the next most believable thought for you to have. And so, yeah, I'd say just, um, you get to decide which thought you want to have in the place of the one that you're having or to tell a different, just tell your brain to have a different story around it and one that you'd prefer to have instead. And sometimes you might need to journal that out or whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, just choose to focus on that one instead, whether it's repeating it, whether it's writing it down, whether it's just, um, doing a different activity so you can like break the, the feeling that you're having. Um, and then do that again, as many times as you need (laughs) and then in any different circumstances. And I think even doing it in like a a neutral setting too. So of course it's going to be like a little hard sometimes, like right in the moment when you are really passionate, heated up, but maybe it's something that like in during the night, if you're doing some journaling practice or in the morning and you're like, wow, yesterday, like that was a really hard interaction with my family. Like, why was that such a difficult conversation? Um, like why was I reacting that way? And then you can kind of observe it from a more like removed neutral perspective as well. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's my tips, my steps on doing that. Um, hopefully that was somewhat, um, concise in the way that it was described, but if not, I have much more eloquent and help, like helpful resources that I can point you in the direction of. The first one being one that I already mentioned, um, Cara Lowenthal's podcast, Unfuck Your Brain. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, 
yeah, she's incredible. Um, so that's a big one. If you're interested in diving into more thought work, um, Another person that I really enjoy following online that's been really helpful for me is the holistic psychologist. Her name's Nicole, and she, on her website, has um, these worksheets that you can download for free called um, Future Self Journaling, and what those do is they help. um, It's a 30-day practice, and it really does not take that much time every day. Like it's, um, I do it every single morning. I've been doing it for a little over a month and a half now. Um, so, and it's, it's on journaling through ways to shift a behavior or pattern in yourself that you want to change. And so you do, you focus on one behavior or pattern that you want to change for 30 days and then you can do it again if you want, or you can go to a new one. I chose to go to a new one and it's just these seven little prompts that you go through. And I, I love it. I think it was, it was really helpful and it's just good to like be, have that be a focus of yours every single day. And then lastly, wouldn't be a podcast from high friend without a reference to (laughs) Eckhart Tolle and his books. Um, but the power of now has truly been, and now onto the good, um, new earth, like so it's very similar um, concepts in both, but has been so life-changing and so helpful for me um, specifically around like relating to this topic would be, um, so I think, so Kara, she approaches things from like a very, very logical, um, like uh, what's the word, like empirical place, I guess, uh, where she is just like science and thoughts and it's like very cut and dry and almost like a way to hack your brain um and there's not a lot of like spirituality or like deeper like meanings to things like she doesn't really go into the subconscious and and stuff like that I'd say the holistic psychologist is kind of like an in-between of the two uh, between Ecker and Kara and then with Ecker it's like way more if this is a up your alley, but it's like way more on the spiritual side and, um, the difference between our egos and our souls and who we are, um, at our core and, um, the difference being like the way he describes it is consciousness versus unconsciousness. And so what's been really helpful out of that for me is, um, the way he describes it with interacting with other people. And when people are, um, acting out of their ego to be reminded, which is, you know, like if they're mad about something or they're trying to like strengthen their own ego or, um, are doing things that aren't like loving or pure, what, whatever you might want to call it. Um, that that's not who they are. Like, so to be reminded that that is their ego that has been formed like over their whole lifetime from all outside sources. And it's, it's like not their fault, you know, (laughs) that's not who we are at our core is our ego is our, um, is our thoughts and our brains and, um, and there's something much deeper in each of us. And so the practice for me has been to try to, um, really focus on that and other people and see, um, yeah, the divinity that everyone has in them or whatever you want to call it for the, whether it's the unconscious or the, the consciousness in each person, the light in each person, um, the pure, like love and, I amness of that person and they're just their being. Um, and so, yeah, that's been just really helpful in this practice as well. So yeah. Okay. Um, that is, that is all I've got. Let's see. How long did I even go? Um, uh, under 40 minutes, but, um, I have some fun guests coming up and I have a podcast that I am on. Um, I'll share that in a couple weeks, but I'm really, really excited about it. And I'm actually going to, um, 
speak to that topic similarly on my podcast coming up. So, but I wanted to, it won't be the same one that um, airs on her podcast, but um, I want to dive into it over here as well. But I'll, I'll be sure to share that. And um, yeah, thanks so much for being here. In if you want to leave a review, it would mean so, so much to me. Um, yeah, it really does make my day and I appreciate whenever you guys share, um, or let me know something that was impactful to you. Um, or if you want to give me any constructive feedback, I am so open to that as well, but I hope you guys are having a really lovely, delight filled day wherever you are and, um, that you have a wonderful weekend and that you stay cool out there. Okay. Well, thanks again, friends, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.